Come be part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. So it's a little sad when you take the Christmas decorations down, isn't it? We're, we're blue. We're a little blue. Not red and green. Not red and green as well. There's still little traces of red and green, but the holidays are over and the big holidays are over. Really? And this it always room leads is, to a little melancholy, a little. This room's pretty much still exactly as it's been. I haven't made it in here yet, but the living room and the dining or the living room and the sitting room are both like deconstructed it's uh it's the time of year where a lot of people kind of struggle with trying to get back the same euphoric anticipation that they had after thanksgiving was over are you setting me up christmas time are you setting me up well that's what we talked about before we started the official recording and i always like to give carl a little bit of context i always like to fill carl in on what he's missed before we started talking about because yesterday we had our final christmas celebration kind of we had christmas around here is sort of like a jewish festival (laughs) in that it it takes weeks it happens many times yeah uh it's not a continuous festival but it we do come back to it a few times and we still have febmas if if you're not right febmas is still up and coming and so if you're if you're not happy with the way this celebration turned out just wait a day or two and there'll be another one not to mention um silas's birthday is actually next week but we're gonna do his party on super bowl sunday which i'm told is a week later than it normally would be that's also in february right like the day before valentine's day so there's there's other stuff to look forward to still super bowl i thought i thought the super bowl was like the sixth it normally is but i'm i think that brian april who's a co-host of yours on starving comics quarantine show said that it was the 13th this year Mm. let me look it up when is Super Bowl Sunday? This is the sort of data that we should have had. Super Bowl 56 will be on Sunday, February 13th. Oh, no. That's uh, Hans Feeney's going to be on the podcast that, or on Skews. On that Starving night. Comics? Yeah. For the Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be our halftime show. I know. I'm going to have to contact him and find out if he wants to. He either will, he's either going to have to be part of our yeah. halftime show or we'll have yeah, to reschedule. We'll work that out. But anyway, um, so. We had a Christmas yesterday, and now we're taking down the decorations. And I was just talking about how my kids sometimes have a bit of emotional overload during the I, holidays. I think your kids are not alone. I think those, a lot of people have some sort of no my, let down after the holidays. My kids are not alone, but unfortunately, there aren't a lot of people who can help children navigate their emotional ups and downs as well as I personally think they should. Like as well as you personally think you do. I'm just trying to be honest. Like I do worry that that a lot of parents and grandparents and other family members maybe don't recognize some of the red flags when a kid is, you know, not handling something. When a kid is emoting because they're feeling uh, disappointment or unfulfilled, right? Because they're 
It's gardening Euphoria. stuff. It's like we we're looking around at all the presents, all the cake and the cookies and the decorations, and we've got everything we want. We think, but then, off- or we're about to get everything we want. The anticipation of getting the things that we want is kind oh, of exciting. Well, too. yeah, they're they're really excited. Like the day that we wake up, or the day before, you know, a big holiday. They're they're like, I can't sleep. I'm just so excited. I'm so excited. Specifically, Colin, who's eight, was running around like announcing every time a new basket of presents was removed from a car to be brought in the back door. Right. This was on. Uh, this was yesterday. Yesterday, he yeah. was like, "There's another one!" And everybody squealed. Everybody being the young cousins, everybody was squealing. And then, oh, I see another one. Here comes another basket of presents. And then they would help put them under the tree, and just the anticipation built. It was exciting. Very. It's, it's Christmas. Very exciting, but um. But yeah, then afterwards, I'm describing the scene afterward. When you're looking around at having gotten everything you thought you wanted in this paradise the, the of Christmas. The wrapping paper has all been wadded up and stuffed into a garbage bag. Yeah. The presents are being revealed. Played I mean, they're in the process of being played with. They're wearing their new clothes. They're, mm-hmm. you know, playing with their new little mannequin heads that they get to cut the hair of. I saw that. Um, so They've also fun. got some sort of race track car car vehicular tracks and fifteen hundred new Lego pieces. Fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred. In new addition Lego to pieces. our other collection, we already had. So that's fun, and and you're looking at all of that, and you're thinking, how could I possibly be discontent? What more could I ask for? The answer is because you are a child of Adam and Eve, my my son and my daughter. And even though you have the whole garden in which to roam and uh, eat from f- the trees, sometimes the the enemy whispers in our ears and says, you know what? That other tree is much better than all of the something. that you have. Yeah. All of these presents are nice, but there's still something missing, missing in your life. Something. There's a, another cookie that your parents told you you didn't need because you already had one. And that literally happened. That is something you're missing. Because you had root beer instead. Yep. And now you regret that and Think that your life would have been better if you'd have chosen the cookie. You picked root beer. You picked root beer over cookie, and, and that was choice. a colossal mistake. It's a great choice. Root beer is delicious. If the, if you could just find a way to thank God for the root beer, you wouldn't be cursing and coveting. If only we could find a way to thank God for root beer instead of coveting a cookie. <laughs> instead of coveting the cookie, yeah. But what you? I think you're trying to to talk about the fact that even right before the presents were open, we went from like ecstatic about the presence to crying one one child who shall be unnamed <laughs> why why are you protecting the innocent now suddenly it, uh, it just doesn't we've, we've always named it doesn't names. matter it could have been any of them like honestly they've all done this at different points but this was just a particular incident this is just a particular incident which is typical of all of, of the children all of them, so yeah. it's not necessary to name the specific child. right I, and i yeah so this particular child was crying in the corner and it was so fast that i was like Maybe I missed something like... As the rest of the family had departed to the kitchen to enjoy pizza. pizza of all things, which yeah. uh, which everyone was excited about. Instead of going to eat the pizza, said child was crying. And I'm like, okay, did he get hit in the eye? Like, <laughs> did somebody, somebody punch him? Did he him? sustain an injury that I didn't I see? I really did think that was it. I thought maybe somebody poked him yeah but but i'm like why are you crying and he goes because i didn't get the good wrapping paper on my (laughs) presents and i was like and you said child what i said actually what i do and you've heard me do this before seriously (laughs) seriously i said i 
what do we do deal. with wrapping paper when it's done? When we take it off? What the do we present? do with it after it's been torn off of the off the box? And he kind of looked at me sheepishly, and I said, "We throw it away, right?" He just said he, which diminished. I said the, he before. Yeah. Uh, I have at least two sons. So it could, it's a fifty-fifty chance. One of you got a fifty-fifty chance of guessing correctly, Carl. <laughs> guessing it was. He looked at me sheepishly. I said, "What do we do with the with the present wrap after we've taken it off the presents?" And he didn't answer. I said, "We throw it away, right?" And he nodded, so he agreed. And I said, "Why? <laughs> why are you why crying are about you trash? Upset about the trash that you got? Right? Why, why are you upset about what kind You're of trash? You're disappointed in the trash that you get to throw away. <laughs> yeah, it lasts for three Isn't seconds. That's so, but but what's really going on is that there is a a sense of waning enthusiasm. There's, right. there's there's a waning excitement. It's it's not as exciting now that we've opened the presents as it was while we were anticipating the presents. Right. And so that feeling it's a feeling of I'm of loss. Right. Even it's though, not a good feeling. Yeah. I feel like I'm like I'm. It's disappointment and it's uh, it's a little bit of sadness it's realizing fear that, that you're not ever going to experience that kind of joy again. Right. You're at the you've you've finished. You were on the way up the hill in the roller coaster. Right. And then opening the presents was like that first drop over the roller coaster. Right. But now you've sort of plateaued and you're coming back around to the right to the uh, landing pad or the launching pad. And I get it. And it's and it's very human and it's understandable and it's normal. And I'm not trying to, to suggest that anyone's kids, you know, much less my own, are like so are such freaks of nature that they're experiencing something right. that no one else has ever experienced. Like, well, that's I know. why we're talking about it because this is such a common thing. Right. That it it's good to process it and go because because everybody's going to go through it. Right. <laughs> You're going to experience this well, either yourself or in your family. And it's easy to miss it. Like it's easy to miss it when people are very young, when children are young, but it doesn't go away. Like you don't just suddenly stop right. having to deal with disappointment because you're an adult. And I know many people who are now grown-ups who have kind of missed out on a very important lesson when they weren't allowed to look at themselves and go Oh yeah, I do feel sad. Like there are people who aren't who aren't even supposed to. They feel bad just admitting. Oh yeah, I am. Disappointed. I'm disappointed. Right. And it's like no, no, because you it's have Christmas to be- time, and you can't right. be disappointed at Christmas time. And right. and then on top of that is the guilt that says we're supposed to be thankful for all the blessings that right. we have. And so if I'm, it's it's so a, a lack Christian, of gratitude right? if I say, oh, I'm sad that I've already opened my presents and right. I've eaten my, I've drank my root beer instead of gotten getting my. Is it root beer or root beer? Root. It's root beer. Root beer. For sure, I always—I I just realize because I say I say roof too, like a That's roof okay. on the house. You can say that sometimes in the Midwest, at least. But it's root beer. For I just sure. caught myself saying root beer, and I realized that that probably didn't sound right to most of the people. Well, at any rate, so uh, you're a bad Christian. You're if not you feel a bad person if you feel disappointed. Oh, I just you said you were. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was I was agreeing with the lies that often get told. Right, you were saying you yeah. were saying that it's saying it that it's normal and and it does, it isn't a thing that that all children are allowed to express. Right, because there are people they will be shamed for being ungrateful. Right, typically by by grown-ups who didn't learn this lesson when they were kids that it is normal mm-hmm. and you can't necessarily help how you feel, but you can be honest about it and then ask God to help you manage it in a more Christ-like way. All of that is what I'm talking about when I say, unfortunately, I don't think that always gets passed on. Right. And so I'm really trying hard with my kids to notice when they've got something out of whack, you know, when their hearts are, are not in a good place, 
Um, and to also not blame them for things that aren't their fault, but to encourage them to take charge of things that they can control, such as just identifying the feeling and choosing not to lash out at other people over it. Cause that's what then happens when you got a bunch of cranky over sugared kids, they start like they're all hipped up on at each other. They're like, like <laughs> one of my kids was like, Hey, I have an idea. Let's, let's write a book. Cause we got some Harry Potter books for Christmas uh-huh. and they're really nice. Like special edition ones with really cool pictures, with leather, really nice pictures, like painted inside. Really cool. And so Cammy specifically was like, oh, this is great. We should make our own book and we can work together. Because it says there that it was written by J.K. Rowling, but then it's got the illustrator on these books too because the illustrations are such an important part of this edition. Right. And so she's thinking, one of us can be the author, the other can be the illustrator. Right. Brilliant idea, right? This yeah. is Everybody's going to love it. What could possibly go wrong? Nobody's going to say, for example, I'd rather go over here and do this other thing. I'd rather draw pictures than write copy. Or I'd rather just go somewhere else and do a completely oh i'd rather thing. not be involved in this project wanna, at all i right? don't want to help you right <laughs> no, it's inconceivable no that, one that anybody would want to not write a book right but unfortunately sometimes like the unthinkable happens and your little you have brother, a brother says uh, i'm gonna go play roblox or something not at all interested in doing what your little brother used to refer to as school school when you didn't have on to. a saturday or right. on a friday night yeah you and your buddy uh when you were young you had a little friend in the neighborhood, and you two made a newspaper. Right. This is that exact thing. And Cammie wanted brother, to make a story. <laughs> that blew your brother's mind. He and could I not fathom why you would want to do, in his words, why it, you'd want to do school in the summertime. What's funny about it is Colin <laughs> did try for a minute or two to, like, indulge the project. She, he was, like, he was saying things like, we should write Cammy in the Sorcerer's Stone. or what? And she's like, no, Colin. And he, he was like... <laughs> Okay. Maybe that's why he didn't want to participate. Colin and the Chamber of Secrets. And she's like, no, Colin, we're, we can't just change the name. Why not? We, and Because she just decided that wasn't right. And so he was just trying to change their names. Like it would be easier it. to get the illustrations done if all you had to do was paste a couple of pictures over the... She, wanted, she goes, it can't just be a name in the title. Well, it can, but we have to invent a new name. And oh. then he's like, all right, I'm going to go play. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> go play something fun. And then she was <laughs> totally offended. And it's like, okay, I understand all of this. Uh-huh. I get what's going on. It's normal. However, we have to pay attention to how we're feeling because sometimes that's going to be a red flag for what your temptation is going to be and right. what your, you know, your sin is ultimately going <laughs> right. to be. So I have, uh, I have experienced that. When I have suggested to people who are not board gamers that we play a board game. <laughs> and they're like, no. <laughs> right. How about not? They're like, how about if we how about if we just set our hair on fire instead? Or but we're talking about poke like, ourselves in the eye with sharp things. We're talking about let down after a fun thing. Something that truly is fun. And that that happens on the it, in the holiday season for a lot of people. It happens just on Sunday night for people who work five days a yes, week. Yes, who have to go back to work on Monday. Yeah. And it's, it's been a great weekend. Negativity and... associated with Monday. And I yes. get it. But but I think it's important that we help our young ones know that that happens. And I've been struggling lately to help specifically Colin understand that I don't like doing things like the dishes 
and um, the laundry and stuff. Can't believe that. You can't believe it because, because I don't like do throw them. myself on the floor and kick and scream. You do them right, right. You don't throw enough of a fit. You couldn't you obviously hate love that. doing the dishes because you never cry when right. you do them. It was because I told him to do his math, and he goes, "I don't like to do my math." I said, "I understand. I don't like to do math either, but I'm I'm about to do these dishes, and I don't want to do those." And he goes, "You yes, like you dishes?" Do. And I said. No, I don't. He goes, I'd rather do the dishes than my school. And I said, no, you wouldn't. You don't want anything that's going to interrupt your playtime. Right. I said, I would rather go and watch screens just like you would. And he goes, but you're a grown-up. And I said, grown-ups just don't suddenly stop enjoying selfish playtime. Like, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You reach a certain age, and suddenly you wake up, and you enjoy chores. Right. You love to do things that you have to do, and you hate ice cream movies right video games cookies yep root beer root beer right all those right. You, things you hate all of those things and you love vegetables work, yeah vegetables <laughs> exercise uh, going to the gym paying bills yep doing yep. taxes that's what he thinks because i don't cry about it openly <laughs> and loudly yeah are you sure are you sure that's just that you don't secretly like it <laughs> I Are really think I blew his mind. He argued with me just briefly. He's like, but yeah, but you do like it though, right? And I said, do you think dad likes going to work every morning, getting up early, going to the hospital? And he goes, uh, and he like He's started, never to, thought about he it. started to say yes, but yeah, he hadn't actually thought about it. He hadn't thought it. about it, yeah. <laughs> well, that's why... <laughs> that's why as you guys are tearing down all the Christmas decorations, yep. um, it's kind of on... It's kind of on our minds that getting getting the Christmas decorations out of the attic, or in your case, up out of the basement, is much more energizing than packing them away and putting them back in the basement. I, I will tell you, though, I've gotten good enough. I've been working on this since I was a 10-year-old who was looking around at the wrapping paper going, oh, man. This I didn't is, get the good wrapping this paper. This is a letdown. Well, I mean, I enjoyed myself, but now I'm starting to feel a little bit depressed that it's all over. Yeah. I, I've gotten good enough at it now that I actually can see the bright side pretty quick. Like I've gone through this specifically with packing up and honestly packing up the Christmas stuff, just like packing up anything like after a vacation is way quicker than trying to like put it up. De like the decorating well, process true. takes probably, that's true. Probably eight to 10 hours. If, if you more. have, if you have uh, divorced yourself successfully from the emotions connected to it then that's true no i but like some I, people have a, some people have a hard time that's what we're talking to we're talking to carl if you're having a hard time finding the energy to take the tree down because you don't want to admit that christmas is over well no i i have emotions i have positive emotions about the fact that i don't have to spend as much time on this as i would have at the beginning when i was getting it all put up like it's hmm. much quicker i will be done faster and I will get to you would have been done if you hadn't had to do a podcast yeah I'll get to sit down and watch a movie or something and eat a cookie if I want to really you better not eat it in front of Cammie <laughs> she can have one too if she helps because <laughs> I'm not I'm not that mean I don't know I'm mean but I'm not that mean I, I thought you liked being mean I don't know what we're supposed to be talking about today <laughs> it's been like 20 minutes we already we've already talked about it we were going to talk about and I think we still should um, I thought it had to do with abortion. Well, we can talk about that. I said something about abortion. And you said, oh, that's what we can talk about. And I said, what? Abortion? And you kind of said, yeah, but you didn't tell me what it was. Uh, well, I had a, I've had some 
some back and forth as you have with with the feminists who are who've declared that you're not really pro-life unless you're willing to adopt every baby. Okay. That, I think that when it comes to the pro-life culture war, that we are actually winning on this one. I do too. I think we're winning on this front. We lost the homosexual culture war. The world is convinced that gay people not being able to get married is just this human rights violation of epic proportions. Right. But well, it's it's not just it's not just the world. It's many and Christians many too, which is church. why I say I think we've lost it. But when it comes yeah. to Christians fighting for truth and justice and goodness and righteousness in the realm of the unborn or the preborn is the word we prefer using as pro-lifers unborn pre-born. unborn sounds like undead or like you know sort of well, zombie it makes it, say, it makes it sound like they are like there's a possibility that they won't be born right they say pre-born it it makes bornness inevitable optional yeah right right sorry unborn makes it optional but right. yeah pre-born just basically points out they're going to be born one way or another it's just a matter of time it's about whether they're going to be premature are they going to come out alive or are they going to come out are they because, going to come out post-mature because are they going to come out because you force them to in in a very violent fashion <laughs> you know Oh, i see yeah yeah so um so anyways when it comes to that to those arguments, I think that the pro-lifers are doing a pretty good job with ad- addressing the culture and responding to the stupid arguments from the world and making progress in a, I think, in a good way, in a winning way. Uh, I'm not going to argue with that. but I, I Aren't you going to say how weird it is that I'm being that optimistic? I'm usually cynical. You're usually very cynical, but you're not more cynical than me most of the time. I'm still king of cynical around here. Yeah, you're not going to challenge me for that title. Okay, I, I won't challenge you, but I will. I will just mention that if anyone wants to email nextdoor at johnbrandon.com and cast a vote, that for which one of us is the most cynical? Yeah, that we can just leave it there. I'm just saying, I'm not going to challenge anybody. <laughs> I'll just leave that right there. Uh, well, I think that the you. You may be correct. The thing that I have observed is, and it, I, I am fully aware that I live in a bubble. I think everybody lives in a bubble. And you tend to think that the people that you're talking to are representative of the entire world. And I know that's not true, but I can't help it. It feels like that sometimes. The, the arguments that I'm getting placed back at me are so are so dumb. Right. Uh, they're, so, they're so stupid that it makes me... It makes me go, okay, the whole the whole world is is out of its mind. I mean to suggest that you're not really pro life, for example. You're not really pro life because you don't care about babies after they're born. You only right. care about babies getting them born. Mm-hmm. And it's there's not even really a rational way to respond to that argument because the argument itself is irrational. It's not it's right. not a truthful thing. And so the uh, the tendency, at least for me, I'm not speaking for anybody else, but my tendency is to be somewhat discouraged by that. And there's also there's also a a tendency to feel like I need to defend myself, and I think that is a mistake. I don't think we owe these people an explanation. No, no, most of the people that that uh, adopt children well, are Judeo Christians, and uh, and, and they do so out of love. It's, it's like, yeah, you, I don't owe murderers 
an explanation from my well, see, point of view. That response, either of those responses is totally valid. And there are some pro-lifers who respond with the statistics that show that the people who are doing the majority of the charitable work and, you know, adoptions and um, family legislation and, you know, helping women, single moms find housing and, and jobs, all of that. They right. will they will respond with the truth and say, this is actually what's going on in the pro-life movement. And then there are others like yourself who will respond with, yeah, I don't owe murderers an explanation. Right. And both of those are valid and they're both being accomplished on social media. Like I'm seeing both of those responses. I don't get discouraged because honestly, when I see somebody making a dumb pro choice argument, which is pretty much anytime somebody any, makes any an argument, argument yeah. any pro choice arguments, a dumb argument. I don't even usually have to get involved with where, um, somebody else who's pro-life will jump in even on progressive pages mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, I've noticed that too. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that even when you wander into the lion's den, as right. I have been doing these past few months that, yeah, you say something about abortion and you'll get the usual people on, on progressive pages that, that say you what only care say. about right. you know, whatever, whatever they say, but there's always somebody who comes along and says, mm -hmm. yeah, that that's not true yep. on, on a progressive pages. Yep. I know. And that's why I'm, as optimistic as I am, because yeah. I know that there are a lot of people out there who, even if they consider themselves like Democrats or progressives, it's some, a lot of atheists even, which I, I think they're tending toward Christianity. I think they're on the way to being converted. The pro-life atheists. Pro-life atheists, but they exist. It's called secular pro-life. I know. I've been to their websites yep. and I've looked it over and uh, it's all because, based on because, the do no harm principle. Right, because I'm more cynical than you. I uh, I dig into that and go, yeah, how can they even make these arguments they are they're not still, based in anything? They are still moving toward the realization that you can't just declare we shouldn't harm each other. That may be true. Without some support for that. Like there has to be a foundational belief in God in order to say that this is a law of the universe. That right, but that's not what they say. No, I'm saying they're getting there. They oh. have not made the argument. Well, see, that's yet. what I'm saying. I'm more cynical than you. You're uh, hopeful about, about that. And I'm like, seen, yeah, it's not good enough. Because I've seen a lot of the pro-life speakers now were once atheists. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think I'm thinking of, um, oh, who's the lady who was a progressive um, um, professor who she's very very famous she's an atheist and a, a professor and oh she's her, very very famous and neither one of us can think of her, her name. name's on the tip of my tongue and i feel like it's got i feel like she's got a three name <laughs> name that's how recently she was a progressive Well, everybody who used to be a progressive has, has, a, three, has names. three names yeah. right but anyway, I don't, I don't remember. Because you will but. lose your whole identity if you take on your husband's last name. But there are people from all walks of life, from all socioeconomic backgrounds, and even from multiple political parties, which doesn't happen very often, mm -hmm. who recognize that we cannot be against murder for a child who took their first breath, you know, just now. And that same, but still be in support of murdering that child right. 30 so seconds say, earlier. So even, even the people who are who are not God-fearing people recognize the hypocrisy and the inconsistency in that. That's what you're saying. Right. And it's, I'm seeing every year, like every year there's more support for the pro-life cause, right? which doesn't happen in most other areas of conservative principles. That's true. And that does also uh, kind of get towards what I 
thought we would talk about eventually. I'm, I know you're still looking up your It's first. Rosaria Butterfield. Rosaria Butterfield is only two words. Yeah, but butter and field in my mind were two. <laughs> so you've got a compound word that you broke into. I associated with three names. I knew it was a long name. <laughs> Do you think her middle name was Butter? <laughs> Rosaria Butterfield. <laughs> her first name's long too. It could be Rosaria. Butterfield. Amanda Butter McKinney. It's so long that I just thought it was three uh-huh. names. But anyway, um, there's a lot of people who are part of the pro-life movement now. Who uh, Abby Johnson was another one. Mm-hmm. So, um, former Which, atheist. Abby Johnson. Right. Ab B <laughs> Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> Everybody's got three names. Uh, uh, what we were... What we were talking about, and this is how this all relates, is the idea that uh, some people are not on the right track. Some you would say you would suggest that these that these pro life atheists are on a journey heading towards towards God. God, yeah. And there are other people who are not, not. on a journey heading towards God, yeah. And they are. Uh, and, and you would suggest that it's because, God, so tell Carl why you think that is. God doesn't like them very much. <laughs> right. God does not care for these people. Uh, I, this is based purely in all. Romans 9 about, you know, we don't get to question the potter. He makes some things for noble purposes and other tools. He just crafts for common purposes. I think the example used in the Bible is like a, like a chamber pot or something. Like, uh-huh. isn't it, isn't it basically a toilet that, that. Yeah. It's made by the potter. And it's like, right. you can't complain about being made into a toilet. That's just what the potter did with you. Right. You know, so maybe, I mean, sorry to any scripture. <laughs> sorry sorry to <laughs> sorry to any of you people who think you're uh, chamber pots. Well, sorry to anybody who actually studies like the scripture and is like, <laughs> sorry, that's not at all what that. Sorry says. to anybody who identifies as a toilet. <laughs> no, I don't actually know if that's. That's the original language. It just seems in my mind. It sticks out like I've always pictured, well, you know. It may be. It may be. I don't know that it specifically references toilet, but it does say that there's some. filigree in your living room. Some things get to be beautiful columns in a, in a temple somewhere. And then others, others get made to be, you know, to hold trash or something uh-huh. like it. Something to that effect. Right. <laughs> right. And, but your, uh, your theory is if I, can we call it a theory? Your your thinking is that they that God just uh, doesn't doesn't like them. He just they, he just doesn't he care for them the way them, he cares for other. He created them to be thrown into the fire. That's what it says in Romans. Some were created and then thrown into the fire. Mm-hmm. And I I'm can looking s- it up. I can still see a purpose in that. I can still see that it would be a cautionary tale to help lead the sheep. Back to the fold, you know, it would be something that would help us who have been elect or people who have been redeemed to recognize what we could have been and say, thank God that we aren't that way. Like mm-hmm. you need contrast to be able to, to recognize what you don't, what you haven't been or what you've been rescued from. Then he has mercy on whomever he wills and he hardens whomever he wills. Mm-hmm. You will say to me then, uh, why does he still find fault? Who can resist his will? But who are you, O oh man, to answer back to God? Well, what is molded say to its molder? Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make 
out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? I.e. toilets. What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory. Prepared for destruction. Even us whom he has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. Right, that was to help the Jews know he was not talking specifically about all the noble, honorable tools are all Jewish, and all the the ones that were destined for destruction are Gentiles. Right. It's not quite that that simple. It's not that cut and dry. Not that clean. No. <laughs> um, but we still don't necessarily know who is who, except there are times where you look around and you're going, "Oh, that's a toilet. That's got to be a toilet." <laughs> like this person is when you've not got a person when you've got a person reasonable. on your wall, for example, who keeps insisting. When you suggest that that murdering or that abortion is murdering babies, and they do nothing except laugh and mock and point your point their finger at you and say, "Well, you won't even you won't even adopt children," and that's right. the sort of person that you're talking. Well, even about. even beyond that, like there's a depravity. The guy who showed up earlier this week and was just sharing pictures, like just these anti-Trump memes. We weren't even talking about Trump. We weren't talking about Democrats and Republicans. We weren't talking about American politics. We were talking about scripture. And and like he's posting the same exact picture of Trump poking at Republicans, like trying to get a rise out of Republicans Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Three times, four times, same picture. I finally tell the guy, okay, we've seen this picture four times now. What do you want us to say? What are you trying to get us to do? Well, he told us he wants us to he wants us to renounce Nazis right. denounce, in the Republican Party. Denounce the Nazis in the Republican Party. And I'm like, okay, uh, <laughs> how do I do that? Like, you just say you I denounce you Nazis, you Republican Nazis. And he was being so like mean on on purpose you know this guy goes all over the internet posting he probably he shared same that, memes. Same that, that same meme appeared hundreds of times yes it was it was places. four times on our wall and he forgot that he had he had done it that many times on our wall because he posted everywhere else too and he was embarrassed because i pointed out you're repeating yourself and you look foolish and he goes apparently republicans don't care when i post this meme and i'm like right, because right. they're afraid to renounce it i said right you're correct most people don't care if you make a fool of yourself posting <laughs> the same meme over and over again now what do you want what do you want us to do now right. well you're afraid you're afraid to announce the to renounce well, you said the that you nazis. still haven't renounced it you still haven't renounced the nazis in the republican and I'm like, party this which we didn't talk about republicans we didn't talk about trump we didn't talk about nazis there has we were never talking about been none of a that. point in my entire life that i can remember where i didn't know that that would make me sound crazy if i said that there's never <laughs> been a point by god's grace through his mercy in his divine appointment and giving me a brain he's never forced me to go through living life in this world with that kind of stupidity oh you know what we've never just to, just to go a step further than he went. We've never actually renounced Nazis in our family either. That's true. We never have. That's true. We've never once renounced Nazis in the Brandian McKinney family. I have never, ever (laughs) thought to myself, you know, if I post this picture four times and force that other guy to to renounce Nazism, that'll be a pretty good dig. That'll be a good shot. I'll probably look, I'll come out looking pretty cool. Never. I'm going to make, I'm going to, this is going to be a sick burn. What would cause that toilet to do something so stupid <laughs> other than that he was just other than that he's created a toilet, that way? That he's created to be 
humiliated. Yeah. Created to demonstrate the glory of God God, and how wonderful it is to be endowed with a rationality and a spirit that allows you to detect the truth. I'm also aware that, you know, Jesus wasn't too happy with the Pharisee for praying, thank God that I'm not like that poor person over there. I get that. And I don't want... But at the same time, God it's says... It's hard not to, though, isn't it? His glory is revealed in the fact that there are these common tools over here and that the people who are the elect, the people he has chosen for mercy since before the beginning of the world, they would look at that and give glory to God. Right. That's my understanding of what that says. Well, that's my understanding, too, I'm afraid. And uh, it it makes me, makes me feel a little squishy to say that because... Until you listen to what's coming out of the toilet's I mouth. Know, I like, know. Gross. I know. Gross. I know. Gross. I know. But you know that there are people in our uh, in our branch of uh, theology that would say, well, you know, God, those people are not beyond God's reach. That, he can, st- he well, can still do true. a miracle. And that's he why it's not going to change my behavior in. toward these people. I treat people in my family who are temporarily acting stupid exactly the way that I would treat somebody who seems to constantly always act stupid. I treat them the same way. And so I'm not, I'm not going to change the way that I interact with a person because I'm assuming that they're destined for hell. And I'm going to, it is true that I don't know if there will be some miraculous change in that that person's life. Right. I would suggest that the reason that you do call them out and tell them that they're being stupid is because you have hope that that will change. Not always. Sometimes I'm doing it because I want other Christians who I... To know that you're not that stupid? Well, yeah. Well, I want them to, to rejoice with me. I want them to look at that same tool that and go, wow... There's a lot of contrast here. I'm glad that, that I'm not that way. I so want, you want them to be able to say, like the Pharisee, I'm glad that you didn't make me like that. Or like David or, and other psalmists who say, thank you, Lord, for smashing my enemies under my feet. <laughs> right. Well, that's even... <clears throat> Why did David get to say it and the Pharisees couldn't? <laughs> he, was, he was always... No, you're the one that brought that up. He was always so encouraged when he saw God reveal his glory by... Well, there is a lot of Old Testament scripture Humiliating the, 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 Lord the pagans. Is my, the Lord is my uh, conqueror. The Lord, right. the Lord will destroy my oppressors. And not just destroy violently. Like, David was a warrior, so a lot of it is battle talk. But, like, he would talk about just humiliating slash embarrassing... The enemies, shaming them is yeah. the word that was often used. You just you just mocked them, you embarrassed them, you laid them low, you humbled them, humiliated them. Right. <laughs> you just made a, a absolute, you destroyed them, to use the right. term that conservatives like to use in their YouTube videos. Ben Shapiro destroyed such and such atheist argument. But God really, David's psalms are all about God destroyed <laughs> my enemy with this such and such situation, yeah. you know. Yeah. Just well, destroyed them. I don't know. There are there are some people, there are some good Christian people who get very, very uncomfortable when you start talking about destroying <laughs> heathens. Right. When you start talking about... Because, because there are entire uh, sects in evangelicalism that are all about loving people. Right. And they don't see it as loving when you... When you basically embarrass them. Right. I understand. I get it. I just don't think those people have really thought completely about the theology of the whole Bible. I think that they're kind of stuck on one aspect of God's character and they're just basically ignoring 
the Psalms. They're basically ignoring Romans 9. They're basically ignoring, you know, what I, they're basically not having any engagement with the type of person who comes on your page intending to hurt you. A, a person right. who's a troll who comes to you because they want to hurt you. Right. That's the definition of an enemy, I think, according to David, you know, in the in the Bible. I think that it's, this is not a person that you should be looking at as a lost sheep. This is a person who has come to do harm. That's their sole purpose. They've right. got they've got darkness right. in their hearts, and they've got you know murder murder on their mind. They've already and- they've already got their talking points. They've already got the stuff that they're going to say. Their memes, if you will, are already are already on the clipboard, ready to be pasted in. Multiple and they're, times, and they're going to paste those words and those memes in, regardless of what you no say. No matter what you clearly, say. because they did that. My the thing that I was talking about with lost sheep had nothing to do with Donald Trump. Right, and slap. There it was. Right, it's, uh, you Republicans. You were actually blah, blah, blah. talking about loving the lost sheep and letting God bring people back into the fold, and all of that was what you were talking about when dude showed up to to talk about Republicans. Right. Well, I was talking about how I was actually talking about how the church has got a screwed up idea about how you rescue about how lost to sheep. tempt people but, into yeah how to be attractive to lost sheep but but right. regardless and, and, and then up shows a lost sheep to basically confirm my point well, what which I'm is saying that they is, don't want to be part of the flock what i'm saying is it's not a what i'm suggesting is that that's not a lost sheep i'm suggesting yeah. that that is somebody possibly who already is a resident of hell Whose soul is already <laughs> right. soul is already and that's gone. That's where that's where certain people in evangelicalism get right. uncomfortable. Feel free to put out some sheep food. See, feel free to, to quote the words of Jesus and see if that sheep recognizes his voice. Feel right. free to do whatever you want to do. But if you interact with those people more, the more you interact with a person who is actively trying to harm your soul purely because of some weird, bitter, like an antichrist spirit that resides inside of them. If, if you interact with those people long enough, you're going to go, yeah, my theology that all people will ultimate, are ultimately salvageable is not going to work. Right. It doesn't hold water that's, with this person. That's when you start to look at Romans 9 and go, okay, okay. there's maybe something to this that I <laughs> didn't want to admit. Because it feels weird. It feels weird unless you grew up with a Reformed theology. Right. Uh, that it feels weird to say that there are some people that God made well, and it just feels to weird. toss into the... It feels weird if most of your friends and family are decent people. Like if they're reasonable people and your bubble is such that, that almost everyone, even if they don't go to church, they still try to be good people. Or even though they don't necessarily agree about whether you should baptize your infants or take communion every week, they still basically agree that, you know, kindness and love and gentleness are good. That you shouldn't things. jump on somebody on a stranger's page on Facebook and tell call right. them all kinds of names. They basically agree that that's called a troll and nobody wants to be a troll. Right. If you're mostly surrounded by the type of people who can have a conversation like that without turning into like the spawn of Satan. That's that's an then yeah, it's hard for you to read point. Romans nine and go because you don't know any. It's of the an tools. interesting point because the people on Facebook who are of that mindset that's like you know everybody's salvageable and everybody's eventually going to they get really uncomfortable around depraved people right. around people who are so vicious and mean right. without cause whatsoever that they just don't even know how to process it. They're, right. they're like, well. So their their response is just to go, this is why I don't like social media, because I don't like to engage it. Well, right. I understand that, because you're looking at hell. In, you're looking into the maw of right. hell itself. And I'm and torn it's making you uncomfortable. I'm torn because lately I've been I've been trying to figure out a good system on Facebook to 
allow people to see the depravity without letting the, without letting the trolls take over. take over the comment thread because yeah. eventually they out they over I'm trying to figure out the usefulness of these common tools of these here vessels, of these to little toilet people right because every you need a toilet but you don't want 12 of them in the middle of the living room right you need a toilet but you don't want it overflowing into the whole house <laughs> we gotta keep it contained to the water closet here if you're gonna be a toilet on our page you need to be flushable <laughs> I want everyone to know where it is. I want them to know what it's for, but I don't want a bunch of them. Right, right. We yeah. don't need we don't need more than one or two toilets at the most. And I, I've been saying this for years to trolls, regardless of where, which platform or whatever. I've said I want to make sure that we use. I, I want to completely squeeze out all of your usefulness. <laughs> like I want to make use of you the best that I can. But I sometimes for God's glory, for God's glory. But I don't have the wisdom to fully understand where the boundaries Where's are. Where's the line, right. right? And I've How, said that. Out when loud. have you outlived your usefulness? You remember me saying that, like back on your blog? I would say, like, I just don't know what. How much of this? You're going to be useful to God either way, right? It's know? not. It's not my call. God will use you. I just am trying to figure out. Yeah. What my role is. What's, what in, boundary line am I supposed to be drawing here around right. you? Because I don't want to completely delete. I hate blocking people. Um, I do too. Because. Because it gets rid of all their comments. Well, it's and, and to take it to another level, I think, it's, it's basically us deciding what you're struggling with. It's, right. us, it's us concluding, yes, this person has reached the end of their usefulness. We are now going to well, block see, them because they have nothing else of value. No, I don't have a problem with that part. I have a problem with the fact that once I block them, then all the other things that they said disappear. disappear. And so then that means that nobody that else can learn from it. That means that all of the work, that all of the tolerance and patience yes. that we exercised in allowing them to spew their vitriol yes, has now lost. vanished. Right. And I I prefer, back in the day, it was, uh, it was possible for a Facebook page owner to ban a person which restricts their ability to I think comment. you can still do that too because it's happening to me I'm getting I'm I getting think they're these, using the old software well it's whatever because I'm getting groups now that where I'm not allowed to comment all I can do is share their stupid posts That's and I'm not interested in sharing their stupid posts right but I want to do that with others I want to be able to ban some of the people some of the toilets that have you know <laughs> Have revealed themselves and then overflowed have too many times. Revealed themselves to be either urinals, chamber pots, or right. straight up or uh, <laughs> chamber pot hot outhouses. Right, and I want everyone to see that for themselves. I don't want to ba to block them where everything disappears. It's right. like an atomic bomb. I just want to keep them from being able to continue, like <laughs> distracting from the main topic of conversation. Right. And there are, and Carl, there is a. That, that is what's going on. So if you encounter this when you're dealing with our various posts or yeah. videos or whatever, uh, just know that we're hopefully, hopefully this is going to be of value, and you'll re and you'll remember this conversation and go, yeah. yeah there's there's a point to all of this. Uh, we're all trying to figure it out together. Right. How this is going to be useful? How is God going to be glorified in this situation? Is He glorified? through the revelation of stupidity from the forces of darkness, or is he going to be glorified from us basically putting a chain on it or a leash on it? Um, and so, yeah, I'm still figuring that out. But right. Um, but in the meantime... In the meantime, what? In the meantime, you can come over to the Facebook page, and pretty much every other day there's at least one troll who... Yeah. Right? Pretty much every post lately, there's been at least one troll. We're also on Gab. 
I don't even really check those comments very often. You know, I, st I still go to Gab usually once or twice a day and see if they, but you're right, there's not much going on. Uh, there's more fireworks on Facebook. That's true. Social media is turning upside down. You've got Getter, you've got Parler, you've got all these other alternative media places, and they're all fighting with each other. They're all, all of the, all of the free speech social media places are accusing all of the other free speech social media places of not actually being free speech. It's really kind of fun. So dumb. Uh, <laughs> toilets. Uh, it's all just, it's all just toilets. Um, that's all I got. Bye. Thanks for visiting the Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.